0: Can I say, we'll give it up"? Patrick Birch, welcome to the podcast. Good to be here. <laughs> this is your first podcast. Yes. This is exciting. We will see. <laughs> <laughs> uh you are uh, an entrepreneur, a music lover, um a couple main things I want to talk about, um well, first of all, you know, you are a musician and and I know that music is very important to you. And then I want to talk about your new shop, um, Cave and Post, and the new location, 7th Ave and McDowell. Correct. right here in um, Phoenix, Arizona. But let's start with, I like to start with early musical memories. So maybe there was a record that was really inspiring as a kid, or maybe the music that your parents were playing, maybe, you know, yeah, maybe your first concert and, and, and that experience. So... Yeah.
1: Um, and where did you grow up? Sorry. Grow up, I'm fourth generation native of Phoenix. Wow. So that's pretty hip. Rare. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the kids are, I have five kids and they're fifth generation natives. So wow. it's like, yeah, you're getting to uh, a land where there's not that many people like, yeah. in that case. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so, really interestingly, growing up, I, a funny music memory for me is that I. Got word through the grapevine, my brother told me, or something like that, that I was going to get a stereo for my, I believe it was my 13th birthday. And I told him to let my parents know that I didn't want it, that that wasn't a good gift. And I know that sounds really spoiled and lame, but I knew it was kind of expensive, and the, and, and the, I just wasn't into music huh. uh, like at that age. Maybe huh. it was my 12th birthday. You know, I think it's 13th. And so I just wasn't a music guy. Like, huh. um, I was a player. Like, I played piano constantly. Like, that was my... Did you take lessons as a kid? I was the the uh, teacher's annoyance hmm. of a uh, musician. So they would... I've always been an improviser, always played by ear. And uh, so they would try to teach me. And so... I can kind of read music. I'll have to count up the notes and that kind of mm-hmm, stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I never was a good student. I would only last for six months or something like that. And I did it a couple times, but um, so yeah, I wasn't uh, into music really until I started working on uh West side of town in Avondale. I worked on a watermelon farm growing up. So, mm. um, and I worked there over the summers since I was like 14 years old until college mm. And, uh, my uncles were super into music and we listened to music on the way to work. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was sort of how I started getting into music and they were, um, I don't even know what my uncle Chris is. You probably should have him on the podcast. He has more music knowledge than anybody I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, their style of music that they listened to was, you know, I don't even know how to exp- jangle pop a little bit. If that's, hmm. I think that's a term like the. What y- like what what era was this in? In the- um, well, nineties, uh, late eighties, early nineties. Okay, so like the replacements sure. that's not jangle pop, but, um, the replacements like the jam there's mm. bands like that opened for REM, like Guadalcanal diary. They had a REM was a, the they liked our early REM mm-hmm. was a, mm. you know, the kind of stuff, the early cure stuff. Mm. Random. We'd listen to the pogues. Mm. I mean, it was kind of all over the place. Um, you know, bands nowadays that like my uncle Chris would recommend is like, the shins Mm and stuff like that sort of like poppy but a little bit indie pop kind Mm -hmm. of deal Mm -hmm. um and so i just started listening to it then and and started really really loving music so Hmm. i didn't actually go to a concert the very first concert i went to was freshman year in high school i went to tom petty's uh i think it was full moon fever tour so that was like mind-blowing a friend of mine just asked me last minute i we had to get our parents to drive us out to desert sky pavilion was uh-huh. what it was called and it was awesome i mean yeah. it was tom petty that was like some of the best music of wow. all time for him well he, he was great no matter what but yeah that was the first concert um yeah but growing up i literally like it's funny you know kids these days, they're on their iPads and all this stuff. I like my, I'm bored. What I would do is go play the piano and I, and I would play, I had a keyboard too. So I'd put beats on there and make stupid music and just always did that. So
0: so, was there ever a time in your life where you were like, no, I'm going to kind of take this a little bit more seriously and and pursue music. Or was it just kind of, you were a kind of a casual fan, casual listener? um,
1: I always did stuff growing up, like perform for my parents or people would come over and i'd play a song or whatever you Mm -hmm. know my i'd i always loved george winston Mm. i don't know if you know george winston but i've seen him in concert probably three times so i try to listen to his december album and and learn those songs and then christmas time would roll around and i'd try to play them. and you know his other some of his other albums are incredible he
0: did seasons isn't that isn't that the one he did well see
1: he did albums that either like December he did autumn. Got you. He did. That's uh, right.
0: I thought it was one
1: record summer,
0: but you're right. Yeah. Each record had a season theme. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So, um, I would just play like that. So Hmm. did I ever like take it seriously? Not really. Mm -hmm. Um, I always thought I wanted to write music for movies, Hmm. um, or kind of new agey music, kind of like on the piano. Yeah. Um, but i you know i think i realized kind of quickly that not to dissuade anybody who's not professionally trained but like i kind of thought i'm <laughs> well, never at one. <laughs> i'm never going to make it in the, in an industry like movie movie uh, movie music if right. i can't like write uh or like read, read or, read or right. like write on a you know piece of sheet music so yeah um but i still always played so you know uh-huh. and then you know, I never really started thinking about performing or playing like that until college. Hmm. And that's when I
0: met Matt. So. Right. And where'd you go to college again in Chicago? No, Dallas, oh, university Dallas. of Dallas. Okay. So I definitely want to talk about that particular moment, but I feel like there's a bunch I want to unpack just from what you just said. First of all, you you know, working in a watermelon patch in the summer, <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Yeah. It's so funny. Was that like family
1: business? Yeah. Well, my grandpa's cousin. So hmm there there was a family aspect of it for sure mm-hmm. so my my dad actually my grandpa worked on the watermelon farm mm. it's so funny how everybody calls it a patch cuz everybody <laughs> refers to it as a watermelon patch and yeah, I, I don't
0: him. know why i said that I, yeah. just, I don't know
1: um so yeah we grew up uh, my grandpa worked there when he was early married and you know he was loading semis on the railway railway wow. um and then my dad worked there as a kid and then we did you know it was probably one of the better experiences of a young guy's mm-hmm. life. Like, you know, we got up at 5. AM and you know, there was times we worked 90 hours in a week mm-hmm. when I was 15 years old, we had a ton of fun too. We're boys. Sure. We screwed around, right. you know what I mean? But we worked really hard. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, my grandpa's cousin owned the farm and we would, our job technically was grunt stuff around the yard. And then we also did retail sales. So they, all of the watermelons that didn't go to Safeway and Albertsons would get the seconds. Like they're, you know, they have a little blemish or they're small. Mm -hmm. They gave them to us and we sold them to like, you know, fruit stand guys. And Mm. let me tell you, fruit stand owners are like hardcore salesmen. Mm -hmm. And I'm like this 14, 15 year old (laughs) kid negotiating sales (laughs) with these guys. So there was a, a lot of learning. I was you just to say I mean? probably a lot of life lessons yeah, in that for experience. Sure. for you know? sure. I mean, I got cussed out by guys at a young yeah. age and you know, but we were punks too, you know. I had my fun with giving it back to them too. So, uh-huh. yeah. So yeah, that's how that was. Uh, and
0: and it sounds like your your parents were on some level supportive of music, putting you in 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 lessons and yeah. they must have had a piano at the house. Were were they musical at all? Um <laughs> we joke around about our family. You either have
1: it or you're completely tone deaf. So my mom (laughs) is totally tone deaf. Uh, My dad can sing and, you know, he he, is not so confident, like of the kind of musician who would want to get up, but it clearly he has some talent Mm -hmm. there. Like I can just tell he has a good voice. And you know, when I would hear him sing or whatever, so Mm -hmm. they weren't necessarily musical, but Mm -hmm. they supported that. My dad's one of 12 Wow. and two of his brothers. So three of the, of his brothers had hemophilia and three died Whoa. when they were in their early twenties. Wow. Um, two of them were phenomenal piano players huh. um, and they would babysit for us. And it was like our favorite babysitter of the whole year. Right, you know, right. they would rock out on the piano and, huh. and so that I definitely got something there from right. those guys. Um, so there's like a special thing there with specifically my uncle, Peter, who used mm. to travel around with us mm. on family trips as our like babysitter or whatever. Mm. Um, but he could tear the piano up. That's and I'm, awesome.
0: Also, ear trained just kind of like, no, he
1: was trained oh. classically. And, oh, cool. you know, my grandpa still, my grandpa passed away last year, but he told a story about my uncle, Peter woke him up on his birthday one day and sat him down and played the entire moonlight sonata for him. And he like, wow. my remember my grandpa telling me this story was like super moving. Like it was like, that has got to be like the coolest thing that a kid yeah. could do, you know? Yeah. So that, you know, there was music along the way. Yeah. My grandpa used to, my grandpa will sing or would, he's not alive anymore, but you know, he always sang with the grandkids and, cool. with, you know, like just goofy old folksy cowboy songs. He mm-hmm. would call them, hmm. you hmm. know, he wasn't, great on the guitar and all i think he'd play like he'd put like classical strings on a normal guitar because he said it was better on his fingers and he'd play like one chord and sing along and Uh but yeah he was big on just singing basically
0: and i i wonder how much you know about uh, the 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 previous generations like where did they come from and where did they settle and, and do you know much about your kind of heritage here a little bit i mean my um brother peter did
1: a I know this is my brother, Pete. I have my first son as Peter as well. But um, he did like a big family kind of history tree at one point, And I need to probably refresh on it. I'm pretty sure it was my grandpa's uh, father who, or it was his, his grandpa, one of the two. They were on their way from the east to the gold rush or something like that and broke down in Phoenix. And that's how they ended up staying here. So, uh-huh. and then... I think he was ended up, I don't think he came with, from some bit of a broken family, I think, and ended up sort of being adopted by my cousin. I think my grandpa's cousin's family or something like that, who were in the farming business. I could be getting it wrong, but it's something like that. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's awesome. So, all right. So let's, let's fast forward then. Um, to going to college and right. meeting, uh, you meet Matt Thornton. Right. And do you guys, do you guys make music kind of early on or, or what's that? What was that connection? Like, were you guys roommates? No. Well, technically, cause he didn't. So as freshman,
1: you were given a roommate at the time. I know today, this day and age, they use these apps and match you up right. with people. We just, somebody, you just got yeah. somebody. Yeah. So had names out of a hat. Yeah. You know. Um, this in the, uh, my roommate, I got along with him fine. My room became this kind of room where everybody just sort of hung out. Mm-hmm. That, that's definitely a, a trait that I got from my grandpa and my uncles. It was always like open door policy mm-hmm. for friends. Always hang out. They had a fire and place in their backyard, and people would hang out there all the time. It was yeah. like everybody's you welcome. got the
0: host gene.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, and so that's kind of how our room was. um there's uh, one of my closest friends is a guy named John white. Who's Matt's cousin. He stumbled into our, my room early on, probably first week of college. And we became kind of fast friends. And then I met Matt through him. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there wasn't really any music. I knew Matt played cause I think I ran into him or saw him play at when we visited as juniors in high school or something, but I don't mm. think I really put two and two together, but, um, our, sort of thing was there was a a uh, grand piano in this room upstairs above the cafeteria and I would sneak into that room and just play kind of the way I used to play as a kid like it's sort of my I don't know stress reliever or whatever I just go in and play I always have a thing for pianos too like I if you find one that sounds good it's like picking up a guitar. You're like, Mm -hmm. holy cow. Every time I go to that guy's house, he has this one guitar that Mm -hmm. I have to play when I go. Mm -hmm. And pianos are like that too. So this piano was great. And it was a grand piano, which I don't, you know, didn't have one growing up. So I always want to play a grand piano. So I would go up there and play. And Matt, I don't know why he came up there, but he walked in one day with his guitar. And I think there might've been a couple people listening or he brought them with him, or whatever. And he play, He sat down and I'm trying to remember if we have an argument on what song it was, but I'm pretty sure it was Driving With The Brakes On by Delamitri, which mm. is a band that we ended up really loving. And he started to play that song because he's Matt and there's some girls listening to him <laughs> wanting to hear him play. And I just totally improvised on the song. Like I didn't mm. know the chords, nothing, but I picked it up right away. And it was like this moment of... You've got to be kidding me! Like everything clicked, mm. and, like he still talks about it, and me too, to this day. It was like, for you know, there's certain musicians who you just, there's something there that that clicks, and you just know what they're gonna do, or you're feeling it in the same mm. mm-hmm. mojo or whatever it is. And so that moment was like, we need to play together, mm. like a lot.
0: And I might be more I stopped this in its tracks and said, come on, let's go home. But she has got the wheel and I've got nothing except what I have on. When you're driving with the brakes on. When you're swimming with your boots on It's hard to say you love someone And it's hard to say you don't
1: We started playing together, we started a band And What mm-hmm. was the name of the band? de Anima was the name of the band day de, on, de animaima one yeah. word no two words d e a n i m a it's like you're in liberal arts college it's you know we're studying stuff so it was supposed to it's Latin for from the soul or of the oh, soul
0: okay so some highbrow shit yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> we try to act
0: like it yeah <laughs> what did you um, what did you study in college?
1: technically political philosophy like my Mm. my it's like a politics major but Mm -hmm. uh, the school that we were there was more of um political philosophy so you study like the founding documents where the government like different the way governments are made monarchy versus dictatorship versus you Mm -hmm. know democracy republic all this different stuff so Mm -hmm. reading supreme court cases and it's a good like pre-law type of but it's a good, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm, this is interesting to me. So I'll just take it.
0: I I was poli sci, okay, you know, and, and basically for the same reason, it was interesting to me. Right. And I had just come back from a year in Germany. And so I was like really intrigued about their history and culture and and political approach. And, um, so yeah, I ended up going to, to big state school in Massachusetts and studying poli sci. And I was very happy with that decision. You know, I, I think I took one or two music classes, but I was happy just to, you know, read the, 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 all the early papers, the whatever, the federalist, federalist papers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm like that geek who like, mm-hmm. at, everybody's
1: like, Oh gosh, the federalist papers. And I'm yeah. like, this stuff's super interesting. And
0: super dense. I remember I th- it was like one of the very first days and it was a very general po- political science class. And, and I just remember thinking it's so dense. Like I have to reread this page. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Right. And but it, I was, I was just, I was like, my mind was blown. I was like, I, I love this and I don't re- even really understand it. Right. You yeah. know?
1: Yeah. Like if you're like the guy who's like highlighting or underlining, it's like, forget it. Right. The whole page is the whole underlined. Thing.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Good luck trying to take notes on this shit too. Right. Every sentence is like its own note. Right. So like, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, all of that stuff
1: about what they were thinking and why they created the United States the way they did and you know these guys were super smart mm-hmm. just well read like understood human nature i mean politics yeah. is human nature like how to make human nature work
0: right um it's super interesting yeah i
1: think you know
0: yeah and so all right so making music with matthew studying you graduate what happens after that i didn't technically graduate so i got uh
1: until later i ended up I got married as a sophomore in college. Damn. Yeah. So I'm, uh, re-met my seventh grade sweetheart, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, as a senior or junior in high school, uh, senior in high school. And, and this is locally. Yeah. Locally? Yeah. Um, so we were super good friends, like whatever you want to call it at seventh grade, <laughs> eighth grade. And then she ended up moving out of the country. I re-met her when she came back, um, and so we started dating senior high school and then, uh, so she ended up coming to UD a semester after I did, we ended up getting engaged way early, earlier wow. than most people would ever think is normal. And then we got married, um, in college, had a kid 11 months later, Damn. had another one 15 months after that and decided, you know, we need to be back close to family. So we moved mm. back to Phoenix Um, and I ended up not. I had literally, I'm gonna say, oh, I went to ASU for a bit while I started working in real estate at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, when I stopped going to college because I was working and providing for a family and all this stuff, I had four classes left and Mm. I didn't actually get it done until the great recession when oh, no kidding, I couldn't get a job application. (laughs) Um, because I wouldn't lie and say I had a college degree. So yeah. I ended up going and finishing it, but yeah. Wow. What yeah. a
0: story. Yeah. And how many kids do you have now? Five. Damn. Five. Yeah. Huge families. I mean, it's, it, you just don't hear about yeah. that. You know, like five yeah. is a lot it, in yeah. today's age, but, but you know, our, our, our our parents, generation, generations beyond that might, you know, it's the same shit. You yeah. Know, huge families and thousands of cousins. And yeah. You know. And
1: it's interesting because the more you talk to people as they get older, you never hear, I'm glad I didn't have a big family. Mm-hmm. You hear a lot, I wish I would have had a big family, or I wish I would have had more kids. Which, not like I'm preaching to tell anybody, but it seems like so many people have a plan. I never, we never had a plan. Mm-hmm. It was, let's see how it goes. We started having kids. You kind of had, and everybody's like, how many kids do you want? We're like, I don't know. we well, us yeah. just kind of do what we kind of do. Does she come from a big family? Three, no, just three girls. Yeah. But... I mean, she ate up our big family, meaning that she loved it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So we, I come from a family of six and my, I mean, my parents are still, you know, late sixties. My mom's, my dad was born in 54. So, you know, he's 70, whatever that is. Yeah. 77. Yeah. I mean, 67. And then my mom's a couple years younger, but I mean, they have 30 grandkids. Wow. And so, but it's so much fun. Yeah. I mean, and it's. I don't know. It, you you can make it work. Yeah. You know what I mean? The first yeah. one's hard. The second one's harder. And then the third one's probably the easiest to be honest. Huh? Interesting. So, yeah. Anyway.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So at what point, you know, you say you come back, you have this, this young family, uh, when do you get into real estate and, and when do you start to realize that you have this knack for you know ideas executing ideas entrepreneurship small business stuff like how did that all come about
1: i, I don't know i mean i know that so i started working in real estate and i've always done for the most part brokerage which is a world where you kind of eat what you kill and in that i was doing land brokerage for home builders technically and um and then i went and worked for a home builder in their land acquisition department to try to learn that side of the business and i just wasn't that wasn't what I wanted to do, like working for them, for somebody showing up at a certain time and, you know, leaving at a certain time and fulfilling all of these obligations of paperwork and all that stuff was, was not what I liked. So Hmm. I think my mentality was, I want to work for myself or, you know, do my own thing, which is basically what brokerage is. Hmm. So you know, um, I always had ideas in my head of different stuff to do and, you know, I want to do this and that. And, you know, you can't really go out and execute that while having a family and trying to make money and pay right. for that right. without, you know, working for yourself, hmm. like for your primary income source. Um, and so, you know, I was brokering and doing that kind of stuff. And then, you know, my wife and I decided to start a kid's store cause she's incredibly creative and you know, at the time it was like, you know, people are always asking her where, what do I buy? You know, like mm. what stroller do I buy? What's mm. your favorite baby sling or random stuff right. like that? So right.
0: we started a kids store.
1: and Breaking and mortar.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. What? What? When was this? What? Roughly what year? Two thousand. <sighs> uh, no, it was uh, probably two thousand
1: five ish okay. something in that range because okay. i know we closed it at the great recession so that was what seven, seven eight nine, something yeah, seven like that nine, somewhere around there so yeah so huh. that was just a fun thing but i've always just had a billion ideas you know going through my mind of wanting to do different things and
0: i'm curious what you think like why isn't that store still not operating. And, and you mentioned the recession. Was it, was that really the, the nail in the coffin? Was that the, was that the main reason why? Like, to be honest, the main reason
1: why we closed this door, we, we weren't open long enough to really see, cause a retail store is not going to make money the first couple of years. Typically. Right. Um, it's different now. You probably could make money sooner because of online. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time when you open a brick and mortar, you don't just blow it out the door right away. Sure. It takes a while. Yeah. So we were getting to the point where it was doing well um but I needed there was a lot of money invested into the store and when the market falls out and you're not making any money and right. you're sitting there on a bunch of quote assets right. and I could sell off everything here and not pay rent there anymore that's what we needed to do that I needed to get the cash that I had invested right. in that so that's why
0: it closed huh yeah well let's um let's talk about Actually, before we get to Cave and Post, any uh, incriminating stories of Matthew from college that you can share? (laughs) Uh, Because he doesn't listen to this podcast. Oh my gosh.
1: I'm trying to think. He might listen
0: to this one, though. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know, Matt, it's interesting. Matt and I have a brother like relationship, he's very strong willed it's interesting. A lot of people don't realize how smart Matt is. He's oh, one he's of the very smart. smartest people that I know. He comes yeah. from a family of like stupidly brilliant people and he mm. is that way himself, but he's also incredibly hard headed. Yeah. So like grow, like throughout college, I always gave him crap. He was the kind of guy who was like that quintessential, you know, you got to listen to this music and he'd be like, no, it sucks. <laughs> like, you know, like you're like, you know mm-hmm. uh counting crows is a good example okay. that album you know mr jones was on the radio constantly, constantly. so th- yeah. they suck you know mm. they are not they're like no i'm not going to listen to it like these strong will just opinions and i'd be like i've always <laughs> given him shit about that you know <laughs> what i mean and he's changed quite a bit since then yeah but uh that's funny. yeah it was funny how how much he was like that and every now and then it like rolls back in a little bit and i'm uh-huh. like that's old matt stop being like that <laughs> you know but yeah but his music taste has changed it's expanded quite a bit now yeah
0: yeah 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 no he's he's sent me to a, a number of bands but he i can see how you know it's like no i'm I'm not that's not what i like and i'm not right. gonna give it an opportunity to right. change my mind So, right. you know um all right so let's fast forward to, to cave and post and um Maybe just talk briefly about the store. I I went in um, a couple times to the old location on Indian School. Super cool. I mean, I love like that kind of vintage Western wear, and I love the concept. Which I mean, I'm gonna let you describe it, but it you know there's like definitely a, so- a southwestern theme to it, right? Um, but lots of cool shit. I'm I love turquoise jewelry. You mm-hmm. have that. You know, there's a lot of cool aspects. There's beautiful guitars hanging on the wall so it it like i'm your demo i right. feel like you know
1: it, it's funny how I, would you
0: describe it you know
1: well this we have a problem with people walking in and immediately pegging it as a western store hmm. because mm-hmm. the it gives it gives off a very cool western vibe but still it gives you the first things you see are some vintage cowboy hats and you'll see boots around and in mm-hmm. different stuff like that but the more you're there you realize no it's just a really cool men's store right. in general. And now we have a, we have a lot of, of women's stuff as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I actually reached out to some coffee table book companies with an idea of doing a book on singer songwriter style hmm. of the, what, how they dress and what they wear. Cause as much as they're going to claim it's, Oh, I just threw on something that I got in the, from the closet. No, it's very thought out and mm-hmm. you know, they, there's a style to it for mm-hmm. sure. And I think it's exactly what you see in our store. It's mm-hmm. a cool mm-hmm. pair of jeans and a pair of boots and you know, like a, a badass kind of maybe pearl snap shirt and mm-hmm. you could throw on a cowboy hat even, or a open road or something like that. And it's not now perceived as that guy's trying too hard. A lot of times you're like, damn, I wish I would pull that off. Like right. he looks put together, but you know, in a very cool, different way. Mm-hmm. Um, So, I mean, the concept of the store was there are no cool men's shops around. My wife and I, when we travel around, we'll try to go to them if they exist. And it's amazing how few and far between they are. Even online, it's Hmm. hard to find a good, you know, uh, aggregator of of men's goods. So Mm -hmm. we're like, hey, this is a niche that doesn't really exist which is really hard to find in today's entrepreneurial world where everybody's trying to find the next thing and what to do there's a billion competitors in every market it's a weird really weird market where there's a huge hole Hmm. um guys have become more spenders more shoppers you know than they ever have before but what are their options i mean i like to shop i don't like going to Nordstrom, Mm -hmm. you know, even Mm -hmm. though they might have some good stuff there. I just don't want to go to the mall. Most, a lot of people don't want to go to the mall. Right. Um, and so we wanted to create this experience where somebody walk in and go, this, I don't just want to hang out here. Right. You know what I mean? It certainly has that vibe. Yeah. And so it was kind of like the first kind of iteration of the store was let's put cool fixtures in the store that are old antiques and cool sort of Stuff to display what's in there, but let's Mm -hmm. also have everything that a guy might want. So, Mm. not just clothes, but also, you know, like smell good stuff, like cologne candles, stuff like that, but also like dudes like guitars. You know mm-hmm. what I mean they they like guns for example which we actually have an FFL I don't What is that? It's the license to sell guns. Oh. oh. And we don't want to be a gun seller by any means but I like a cool like old single action army cowboy gun on the shelf in a piece in a glass box is pretty rad in a in a yeah. man cave or in your desk room or whatever it is. Right. So anything like that cool posters old music posters or Anything that a man cave might have, yeah. we were like, and, and I always tell people, I don't care if you don't play the guitar, you might want to have one in your house because yeah. somebody who comes over does play the guitar right. and it sucks. It would be great if they're like, I'm going to pull that off the wall. Right. Hats are like that too. It sounds weird, but hats are beautiful pieces of uh, decor. Yeah. And so like you might, hats are expensive too. Like a nice felt hat could be, A thousand dollars. It's crazy that market, but put it on your wall. And even if you wear it three times a year, it's really cool in your house. Yeah. So we kind of decorate the store to look like how you would, you know, like, Oh, this, this would be cool in my house or whatever. Even if I'm not going to play the guitar, I, maybe I want to play the guitar, but I want to have a decent
0: one on the wall so that somebody can grab it off if they come in. So but as you say, it it has such an, a pleasing aesthetic too. It's just a cool, Machine, yeah, you know? total. It's a piece of furniture. I mean, it's like yeah. a
1: piece of uh, art, right. basically. I mean, you know as well as I do that a good acoustic guitar is not something they whip together right. super easily. It is a piece <clears throat> of art. So, right. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, all of that combined, just we thought well, we got to do this. Let's, you know. So I mean, the story of Cave and Post was we we initially we knew we wanted to do a men's store at some point in our life. We thought Hmm. probably later on down the road. Um, and then I have a son who's a welder and I needed some space for junk basically. So I was looking for a building to buy that was more like a warehouse space. Hmm. And we found this place on Indian school. It had a house in the front and this cool warehouse in the back. And excuse me, we ended up buying it to like do this, like in the back was going to be like a collaborative uh, craftsman space, like mm. where we had some wood tools and welder and, you know, leather working goods and all that kind of stuff. And then we had the front space, which we are going to just say, let's lease it out to help pay the bills. And we kind of said, you know what, why don't we do the men's store? It was like this mm. aha moment kind of thing. Cool. And it worked well in conjunction with the back space. And so we did it. So, you know, the back space ended up not being what we wanted it to be because we realized, Wood is dusty, and that doesn't work with metal. And metal's actually really dusty, too. So Mm. it's like overlapping these different crafts was not the best idea. Interesting. And so it kind of kept morphing in the back there to the point where eventually we needed more spaces, the men's store, and we just decided to sell the overall thing and move to where it's now at, at 509 West Indian School down in the old, or West uh, McDowell. West
0: McDowell. Yeah, yeah, down in the old Bird Easley's building. Yeah, the costume shop. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super cool. Well, and, and what lessons do you think you learned from that first retail experience that, you, that you're applying now? You know,
1: I think more than anything is don't half-ass something. So if you don't have the ability to do it fully, and, and I don't know if this is a good advice or not, to be honest, it's my advice to myself kind of thing, but I feel like a lot of businesses fail because they can't give it 110%, if that makes sense. So you go into a store and you're like, they have some cool stuff, but they don't have that much stuff. And like, it's hard to kind of want to go back. If you're like, I might find something there. I might not. Um, You know, so just, we haven't half-assed it at all. Now it's, it's cost a lot of money to do that. Like I said, you got to, but I like look back at like, I, we were talking earlier, uh, like I listened to how I built this a lot. And what a lot of times you realize is a lot of these guys didn't really go big uh, go big with the sort of bringing out of the product until it was decent, hmm. you know, good enough. Like Uber, did you ever experience, have a bad Uber experience? No. It was good right. from the beginning. right? You know what I mean? And so you never had bad reviews. You never had people go, I tried that once and it sucked. Right. It was good from the beginning. right? And I think in a retail experience, it's like I didn't like, for example, on the website, like I did not push go on the website until I thought it was like really decent, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that meant it had like, it didn't have like eight things on it. It had a lot of stuff on there and, you know, it cost a lot of money and time and that kind of stuff. But I mean, mm. if you're going to do something, do it right um, out of the gate if you can, because mm. I think then you will, You know people will talk about it right away Mm. uh, uh, your first restaurant experience if it's bad the likelihood is you're never gonna go back there right you know what i mean and the same i think it goes
0: it goes a little bit Along those same lines, how big um, how big is the new store? Is it is it significantly bigger than mm-hmm. the than the last footprint there?
1: Yeah, the last store was a small house that was probably a thousand square feet, but there mm-hmm. was a kitchen, and then we had this music studio in the back, and there was a bathroom. So the actual in a hallway. So the actual space that we were using there was yeah. probably five hundred and fifty wow. square feet. Yeah, and the new space is about sixteen hundred square feet. Nice. So now there is a bathroom and a storage room, not a storage room there's a bathroom and a fitting room and so that's chucked off but it's probably close to three times as big as the wow. the old
0: space yeah and and you were able to kind of scale you had the product so we you know so you didn't walk in and half the store was kind of empty of stuff right, right? or the old
1: store okay. was busting at the seams yeah and we moved over to the so the way Retail works is you buy for seasons. So you Mm -hmm. order six to nine months in advance for that coming season. Um, We basically were moving in the fall. um, And so we were getting all of this merchandise in, but didn't have room to put it on the floor. Mm -hmm. And so we kept Mm -hmm. it. I mean, our house was full of boxes. And so we had a lot of inventory that we opened up and put out on the floor that wasn't on the old floor. Um, And then my wife and I have always, like, we were doing stuff like searching for antiques and different stuff for the store for a long time. I Mm -hmm. mean, that was kind of like, we used to do that just for fun, Hmm. you know? uh, And then we're like, what are we going to do with this stuff? And then when
0: the (laughs) store came along, we're like, now we have a reason to to actually look for stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Who's the... Who's the landlord in that, in that space? Is that, is that owned by, um, roses by the stairs? um... So there's a, uh, he's a client of
1: mine. Actually, I sold, I sold the building initially to one client of mine who in turn sold it to the current owner. Who's a, a, he's a really great human being. His name is Dan uh, Duffus with a company out of Seattle, but he lives here now, Yeah. but he's just. A super genuinely good dude who's likes cool stuff. He's part owner in Cafe Vita, which is next door, and it's a really hipster kind of coffee place out of seattle as well mm. so
0: and is that that particular building so it's kind of like a multi-use building mm-hmm. so there's a number of different right so there's roses by the stairs which is a brewery next door to us i'd highly recommend coming i out. want to go down and check yeah. it out yeah. i
1: don't drink anymore but what everybody says is that the beer is fantastic i think cool. they've already won some awards oh, okay and then there's us and then there's a coffee shop cafe vita it's the only one um in arizona um from it's a seattle coffee company they're going to cool. start roasting their coffee great um here now as well and then upstairs
0: there's actually a contractor and then two apartments upstairs oh wow yeah that's pretty hip yeah that's such a great little intersection i i remember you know whenever i I moved here 20 years ago but um my florist we used to go there all the Mm -hmm. time there was a emerald lounge on the other corner we used to go there all the time yeah and and i just i i love that that Little intersection is getting some love and 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 some cool yeah Saint mom and pop kind of stuff totally. is going in there totally you know the neighborhoods
1: are awesome so you're like yeah. right in the middle of four historic neighborhoods yeah. within Cano and FQ Story and Willow and Roosevelt and they're like the best neighbors they yeah. like promote anything local there's you know and there's still some really cool there's some chain stuff like Five Guys and that sure. kind of stuff Habit but Burger and yeah whatever but there's like little O's is there yeah. it's really Very good and actually across seventh avenue there's a place called
0: uh sidebar i think mm-hmm. is, is that what yeah. it's
1: still called sidebar
0: i don't know if it's still i mean I, it used to be there i don't know if it's if it's changed hands or i think actually it's
1: called something different now but it's actually rad really like it's super cool huh. like really like top shelf kind of craft cocktails and like they have a few like foodie things there so yeah yeah i i feel terrible that i don't remember the name of it but yeah
0: i I don't know. I, I don't know if if uh, sidebar lasted or made it through the pandemic or whatever. But I'm not sure. I'll I'll try to look it up. Yeah. Any <clears throat> any plans? Uh, I remember um, was it a couple years ago that you that you did the kind of Cave and Post Festival there. You, you had a you know Vinyl Station was there yeah. and the Waters were there and I was there and... Amelia McLean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any plans to do anything
1: like yeah, that coming for, up? For sure. Sh- First of all, I've got to make good. It's called Highball now. Okay, so go are. check them out. But yeah. um, we do want to do some stuff. Or we we're planning on trying to have a re grand opening with some music. It's a little harder given the space mm. and that kind of stuff. So we might have to like dumb it down a little bit on the music side of things to where we're doing maybe a little bit more acoustic, maybe inside. Mm-hmm. um, And I know their neighborhood there has been, to the south, has been a little bit negative on wanting live music outside or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Um, With that said, we do want to have some events there for sure. And I know Roses has um, taco trucks and different things like that come in. So we definitely want to do some. I mean, my overall goal with like you you've been to the store we have rad guitars on the walls Mm -hmm. and like i've talked about singer songwriter style like we're close to crescent ballroom and to the valley bar and Mm -hmm. the van buren and all these great music venues i want to be able to have guys come in and grab a like we have a gig tonight at crescent ballroom like cave and post is like the new record store Mm -hmm. uh um Show, you know, where guys would go to a record store and play like yeah. three songs, and that was it. Right. I know that's a pie in the sky, but I don't know why it couldn't happen. It totally should. You happen. know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, we're like, we're not like gonna fanboy on people, and we're like, we have right. cool shit in there. Like, yeah. we'll give you some stuff. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Just come in and like shake our hands and play a couple songs, and then yeah. go to your gig or whatever. Right. Um It just seems like kind of a cool vibe that I would love sure. to create at some point. And obviously it's good marketing for us, but it's more about like, I think those guys would love our store. Oh my God. You yeah, know what I mean? Like for it, sure. And so I would assume you've toured around, you have some free hours before your gig, most likely in a
0: lot of places, like you're yeah. looking for fun stuff to do, yeah. like cool, authentic to that city, right? Either it's a, it's a guitar shop or a vintage shop. Or, you know, a killing restaurant or, or coffee spot for right, sure. Right. You know, and the cool thing is, is like I said,
1: we're fourth generation natives of Phoenix. So I'm always like excited to tell people where to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, I, it would be fun to just, if somebody's like, hey, we're going to come in and play a song, and then like, where should we go hang out? Where should we go eat? Whatever. Right. Like, we have all of that knowledge kind yeah. of thing to share with people. So yeah.
0: I don't know. Who knows? One day. That's awesome. I, lo- I, I mean, the, the intersection, um, between music and, and, and kind of not, I wouldn't call them luxury goods, but you know, like art vintage, it's all there. Right. Like they are, they would be walking billboards for your, for, for the products. Right. You know, totally. Speaking of product, um, what are some of your favorite kind of men's labels? So
1: we try our best to do as much American made as we can. Um, it's really hard Hmm. to do it totally. Otherwise we would be, have nothing that was affordable at all. Hmm. Um, but I mean, American made stuff, we have a brand called three note cloth out of Los or they're in uh, San Juan Capistrano. Hmm. just the coolest people and their designs are incredible. It's a high price point, but it's really cool stuff. That's Hmm. one of our favorite brands. Um, you know, we do sell Filson and Shinola, which are both. American companies, not everything's made in America. I think Shinola still makes all of their watches in America, but we like to have stuff with a story Mm. like, you know, so our sunglass line that we carry is American optical. They're like, you know john f kennedy wore the black sunglasses that he wore were not ray-bans they weren't they're were american optical mm. they are the true original um aviator, aviator. Mm-hmm. Mm. there's an argument out there if it's randolph or if it's american optical it's really is american optical if you google it <laughs> okay <laughs> you know yeah so very cool stuff like that like huh. there's a story there um yeah we sell shot uh it's shot nyc and and s-c-h-o-t-t they have like you know, the James Dean moto jacket. They were one of the first people to do that jacket Hmm. and they're still, you know, producing leather in New Jersey. Hmm. Um, so cool stuff like that. We sell these shoes that look like converse. They're called hood hood is the old rubber company hood rubber. Hmm. It was actually pre pre converse. They ended up selling patents to converse Hmm. for those shoes. And there's like a cool story about how the war started to need more rubber. And so they had to use more of their rubber for in uh, the, the war, war and effort. less, yeah. less for the shoes. So they started putting canvas on shoes instead. Huh. So there's like really yeah. cool, like heritage Americana type brands that we sell that yeah. are, you know that have good stories and then we sell i mean it's phoenix so you can't always wear heavy stuff so we sell brands like marine layer and rails which are like light beachy kind of stuff yeah um that is just they're nice cool stuff and you know and then we have you know you've been there we have a lot of like great fragrances and Candles. I got some the last time
0: I was there. I'd never seen the packaging like that. The the kind of flip oh, yeah. around top Fulton, there. It's called Fulton and Rourke. It's yeah. a solid cologne. It's yeah. killing. Yeah, Yeah. It travels with me now. Yeah. You know? And
1: it's good travel size. So yeah. like my wife and I, she's, the merchandiser. So when you come into the store and your mind is blown by how, and I'm, yes, I'm biased, but we do get a lot of people who say, holy cow, this is the coolest store. Yeah, but, You know,
0: you can tell it's very well curated, she very is, thoughtful. Yeah.
1: She's incredible when it comes to merchandising. It's mm-hmm. something that is really like an art in itself. For sure. And, um, you know, we are both very involved in picking the products. And that's just by staying in tune with stuff. I mean, you're on Instagram all the time trying to find cool stuff and mm-hmm. talk to people and that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, so those are some of the brands.
0: Love it. Well, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the store. I, I every time I go, I'm like, damn, I I, I really need this, you know. And right. then it's like, well, I shoot, I need that though too, <laughs> you know. And then so, it's a, it's as I say, it's really well curated, and and if you love that aesthetic, as I do like I'm a sucker for a, a pearl snap sure. Right, you know, whether right. it's vintage or new or whatever, I love that look. Um, and the jewel, the turquoise jewelry, obviously, you know, and, and lots of good stuff. So, uh, continued uh, success. Uh, yeah. and, and, and people can find cave and post on Instagram and Facebook and yeah. all the social media yeah. stuff. And
1: the website's easy cave and the same exact cave and post and love it. You know, well, I, I'm
0: really looking forward to coming down and checking out the new spot and, and, uh, would love to, you know, once you do the, the re grand opening, yeah. I'd love to, to come down and hang and yeah, I mean, we should you get you and to. Matt
1: down and do one of our. I think the song, like this, like the sing along night, which we, mm. you know, we didn't talk about that. But we did with the kids and had a bunch of people over. It's a yeah. super fun time. Yeah, and we should just do one from the store sometime. I love mean, that. you know, you guys can get beers next door, or we can do whiskey in the store, and yeah, and uh, yeah, just sing some songs and bring some musicians in, and yeah. you know, make it a kind of a thing. It would be
0: cool. Love it, love it. Well, Patrick, I know you're. A very busy man. (laughs) Sorry about the delay and I'm glad we 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 found a time to to hang and and get caught up and appreciate you and and hopefully I'll I'll see you at the store very soon. Sounds good. I appreciate the time.